you know, I was checking my calendar. When, when are the Oscars? When are they? When are they? Do you know what date it is? Uh, Mar- yeah, March 12th, Sunday. Oh, you know what that means? I'm going. No. I'm going to be going to Florida next week, and we'll have to do the show on Friday. And since the Oscars are on Sunday, that means that we've got to do the Oscar show next week. And since we're doing it on Friday, we need to act like it's Saturday, which we should be able to do because it's Oscars. So we're going to be acting. It's all good. I think we oh, can do it. I can do it. I can do it. But you know what? Let's stop talking about that because we got a show to do, don't we? Oh, right now? Well, uh, yeah. Let's let's just do the show. Let's go for it. Okay. All right. Get, give me a chance to get my shice together here. Hold on. Okay. Okay. It's not swearing if you do it in German, is it? <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> okay. All right. Hold on. Here we go. I got to get harnessed. <laughs> Hey, you're here. It's, it's time for the bro show. It's time for the bro mm-hmm. show. I'm Jerry. I'm John. Hey, what do you know? Yeah, we're actual brothers, mm. biological brothers, same mom, same dad. We do this thing every Saturday morning, except right. for a few exceptions. And even on those exceptions, we pretend like it's Saturday, <laughs> don't we? Yep, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, that's a preview. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, it is. So, hey, we keep going. We got four things that we talk about. And, you know, uh, before I even talk about those four things, we have seasons and they're six months long. And we also have an animal we assign to that season and we focus on. Some would say we fixate on and some would say we obsess on. Right. Would you say that? Would you say that's true, John? Obsession is probably the one that fits me the best. Okay, I'm fixated. Anyway, this is the season of the Meerkat, the Bro Show's 12th season, John. Yeah, we've been around. Ninth episode, ninth episode of this season right now, Mm. today. We're doing it. Yeah, we are. We do. We got a ways to go. Okay, so in addition to an animal story, we also have a word we've come up with during our research process. And I put that Mm -hmm. in quotes. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and then last, last, then we have two takes. This is a major topic we talk about that we have two different views of. And last but not least, we do groaners, two mm. bad jokes, two dad jokes. Jokes. And that, yes. That's it. That's what we do. Welcome to the brochure. Wow. You are here. Oh, good. You are here. Hey, 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 hey do, do, yeah, do, yeah. do, do, do you have a shirt on? I actually do. <laughs> uh, yeah. In addition to uh, something else, I hope. Uh, I am wearing something else, which is good. Uh, I have a meerkat T-shirt on. This is season of the meerkat, the uh, one with the little pastoral meerkats, the mm. one you know, yeah, the mom and dad and little pup. So, oh, yeah, it's very sweet. I like this one. So yeah, yeah, what do you got on? Well, it's spring training baseball, so I figure I go with the meerkat like you. We kind of and meerkats oh. at bat shirt. Meerkats at bat. Oh, I like yeah. that one. That's a really good yeah. one. They look a they look look a little like they're going to kick your ass. You know, they look. Yeah, tough. I mean, it's, yeah, they look like a mob. I, they do look like a mob, a small mob, <laughs> small mob. You know what they say about the Texas Rangers? What? One ranger, one ranger, one riot. <laughs> That's true. Oh boy. <laughs> 
Well, we got our T-shirts done. Yeah. And okay. We're, we're gonna, we got a sponsor, though. Okay. And, you know, it's so good that we are squeaky clean. We don't get paid by our sponsors. Mm. We, no. we, we feel their cause. Do we ever. And, and we've got a good one. We've got the Animal Legal Defense Fund. And this fund's mission is to protect the lives and advance the interests of those critters out there through their legal system. So that means that they take care of filing high class, high class lawsuits, no, high impact lawsuits. And they also provide legal assistance to other prosecutors and are advocates for animal protection legislation. And I decided to take a little deep dive into them, into, into some of their policies and learn that they not only advocate all this stuff, but they live it, which means what? that if you they bring your lunch, if you bring your lunch to work, yeah, you better not have any meat on it. And really? If there's, yeah, no meat? All, no meat to eat. That's for sure. In other wow. words, it's, it's all non-animal products. In fact, they don't even related ones. So we're talking about no eggs, all that good stuff. In addition really? to the fact, any any functions that are outside the, the office, such as meetings, conferences, yeah. Yeah. strictly a, um, non-meat, um, animal, non-animal. animal all the way. And then, of course, just going one step further, attire. You, I, I, their dress, what? dress code. Their dress code. John, John, <laughs> hold the phone. You're not making this. You're not making this up, are you? Are you pulling my leg? Yeah, you caught me. <laughs> oh. Oh man! What a, oh, you had the hook almost in. I was nibbling at the worm, and uh, then okay. I got the feeling bad because it was an animal. Well, you are allowed to wear fig leaf. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> so the fact is, though, we know the most important. It isn't the dress code. It isn't the eating policy. But it is the swag that you can get with this nonprofit yeah. organization. Perhaps you could give us an idea what that might be. Yeah, you can get all kinds of good stuff. And I came perilously close to wearing my Animal Legal Defense Fund T-shirt today. <laughs> really? Perilously close. Okay. Uh, I got the one. You got me the one, I should say, with uh, the uh, killer whale, the orca on the front. Yeah, yeah. About oh, I get, getting them out, of, freeing them from their tanks. That's what the that campaign was about. And, boy, they are beautiful, brilliant colors. Really good work, and they do them on Bonfire, John. They sell their T-shirts on Bonfire. Same place that we get ours printed and sold. And point of fact, every single T-shirt that we sell in our merchandise mart, uh, <laughs> yeah, every dollar that goes you spend on a T-shirt goes to the Animal Legal Defense Fund. Actually, it goes to Bonfire first, and then Bonfire pays the Animal Legal Defense Fund. So... Another example of how squeaky clean we are, none of that money passes through our bank accounts, hands, or paws, in the case of the Meerkats. Uh, It's all good, and you should go there, John. People should go there and check out our T-shirts and check out the Animal Legal Defense Fund T-shirts because they are beautiful. Yeah, and we've got mugs, too, by the way. We've got, in addition to T-shirts, we've got some bonfire mugs for sale there. And it is all AI generated, which is appropriate given the nature of our episode today. And that's all I'll say about that. This week is kind of interesting. I I started out with the idea of, well, I'm going to hang with the meerkats. I I get meerkats like just a mile north of me at the Lincoln Park Zoo. 
So I decided maybe trek up there and see what I could find out yeah. about them. And before I went, I took and found out that there were four meerkats up there, three females, and in addition, uh, Sonny, uh, the, the male was introduced to the, the mob back in uh, May of 2021. Although mm. when I got there, it was in the afternoon, and I found out, listen to talking to some of the people there. Oh, you got to get there early when we feed them. And so I didn't get to see any. I got to see an ad bar, uh, ad bark, an ard bark. Uh, mm. I guess I allowed to hang with them, but I kind of looked at their habitat and learned a little bit, and then became curious as to well, with the re, with the arrival of Sunny in May mm. of 2021, I thought I wonder if they still only have four meerkats. Maybe they should have more because male, yeah, female, breeding. What the heck? Yeah. And I thought, well, I'll just give a you know email out to the zoo, and they came back and said they only had four. And I began to wonder, I thought, you know what, hmm. how do these zoos figure out, you know, maybe they don't want more than four meerkats or maybe they want more than four meerkats. Yeah. And then I thought a bigger scope would be how does the whole zoo meerkat population in the United States, how do they work it all out? Do they coordinate it? I was hoping that was the case, but didn't know for sure. So sure enough. I mean, we'd already learned enough about the meerkats to realize, you know, how they hang. They usually have mobs and they're very social animals. The mobs are five to maybe 30. Uh, they're, they're, they hang with the, with the queen mom. They have a matriarchal society. Uh, so they got mm-hmm. the female at the top of it. So I thought, you know, that doesn't exactly sound like what could work at, uh, with, with respect to the, the Lincoln yeah. Park one. So what I did is I was relieved to find out that there is a plan out there that the U.S. zoos have. And it's it's basically started and coordinated by the what's called the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, AZA. And what they do is for over 300 different species, they've done what they call SSPs, which are what they are, are species survival plans. Wow. So these are plans that what they do is they they not only uh, manage the, the population, but they're interested in making sure that they maintain a healthy and genetically diverse and demographically varied population uh, and for the meerkat population. In addition to, like I said, all these other animals. Uh, and I was but I thought, well, you know what? It all sounds good. I was able to do a little research. Tried to make some contact with with some of the zoos, but you find the zoos are really tight with their info. They don't want stuff. You know, they're worried about us as a as a as a potential leak of some of their information. They are. I mean, know how big we are. We are so big. They figure if they want to go through the regular mainstream uh, news media in order to to let out that all you know to say, okay, we just had a new meerkat. We had a meerkat was born or. Yeah. We've got cubs that we finally have been allowed to come out into the, the public view, all this kind mm. of stuff. So I got very little information from them, but wow. I got real lucky because I am, a, and I kind of tried to show a little clout and say, hey, I'm a member of the zoo. Didn't work. Yeah. But I, by being a member, I get their newsletter. In their newsletter, what they did is they actually had an incredibly good article on one of these SSP meetings, and you felt as if you were part of the meeting in there, and exactly where right in the room found out how how it worked, and I so I was able to figure out how it works. And basically, the SSP, this uh, species survival plans that they have, the program, well, how it works is they have a program leader, it's usually part of the staff of the uh, the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, and they have a 
they have this position called the stud book keeper. Now, I don't know where it came up with that name. But well, they named it after me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> bad visual. Bad visual. Yeah, that I, I don't think those the, those dots are pretty far apart, I'm afraid. Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, it's uh, okay. It's a, the stud book keeper is a zoo volunteer. In other words, it's one of the – and what they do is they take this, each of these plants, figures out which zoos want meerkats. And then they have meetings, and I was able to read all the sort of meeting notes as it relates to it. But the stud bookkeeper maintains all the, the health history and pedigree histories of each of the animals. So, for example, if they got 160 of them scattered throughout all the zoos, they do that. And they're able to then, they, in their meetings, they discuss the transfer of animals, including that acclimation in a new environment. Uh, they talk about breeding and sending the young meerkats to other institutions that want animals. They talk about population stability and other care issues to make sure that the environment we have for them is as good as it can be. And a critical factor I read through all this stuff was inbreeding. They just want to make sure that they do everything yeah. genetically clean as possible. And one of the things they have yep. to be very concerned about is there's a lot of pets out there and those pets, they don't have good histories on those pets. So all of a sudden, mm. somebody says, well, gee, I want to get rid of my meerkat. What can I do with it? Oh, I'll just give it to the zoo. Doesn't work. Okay. Mm. They're not going to probably take it because they're very sensitive about that. Yeah. So sounds like it. But what's really, we have to understand that these zoos do not have a lot of room. And not all of them can be, you know, be breeding grounds for, for yeah, meerkats yeah. because that takes a lot more area. So they're able yeah. to coordinate it. So when you've got, you know, all these different species, some uh, some zoos are going to be breed the breeding grounds for certain animals, others this and that, whatever. So uh, I feel that there's the plan out there. It, you know, they're doing the best they can. But I'll lead lead with this word, and that is the fact that no matter how sophisticated, how much information they collect. And how well they are keeping and sustaining the population in the best environment they can. It is a zoo. It's a habitat that is very confined. So as a result, it will never be as good as the, their native habitat, which in the case of the meerkat is in South Africa. But, hey, it works. Yeah. Let's talk about that right now, shall we? We have a word, don't we? We sure do. Wow. That, our word. That's a What's our word? word? Our word is yeah. bot. Bot. <laughs> bot. Yeah, we can we can have a contest here on pronouncing it, can't we? Okay. We didn't screw that uh, one up. No, we didn't. And you know what? We're not going to screw up on the spelling either, I don't think. Because it's no, a three-letter so word. It's B-O-T. And maybe you can give us a little okay. bit of the of the good <clears throat> word. Uh, give, us a, give us a little spiel on this word. All right. Well, first of all, bot is short for robot. Yes. And uh, yeah, a bot uh, is a program or software application that is designed to automate tasks that are typically performed by humans. Okay. Yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing about this. Yeah. They we had one definition for bots back in 1961 when the word was coined by Michael. Malden, a graduate student at Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and he wrote a program. He called it a bot. And this is kind of interesting. In 1961, this is back in the days before the Internet. 
they had something called ARPANET, and that was part oh. of the uh, yeah the defense uh, defense people put together a bunch of computer scientists and, and engineers and whatever to design what became the internet. And mm. so anyway, bots were part of that back in 1961. This guy invented the word and also the class of software called bots. And we've had bots for a long time, as you can imply by this, but it's only recently that these bots have been deemed artificially intelligent. Okay. And that's that's the kind of second class of bots, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. So that's what bots are. And John, you know, I got interested in this. <laughs> bot is short for robot. When was the robot invented? You'll never believe this. 1920. 1920. Oh, the, the word I thought robot. those ones I saw in the 50s with those uh, 1950s, no. those ma- movies from no. Invaders from Mars. How about no. Hal? I thought Hal, he to me is, no. the, is, is what I, okay, Space Odyssey. No. Hey, robots were invented back in 1920, and it was part of a Czechoslovakian play written by Karol Kapchik, or Kap, mm. Kapik, yeah, Chapik, that's his name, Chapik, mm. yeah. yeah. It, it premiered in Prague in 1921. Uh, then premiered in New York City in 1922, and an English edition was published in 23. So that's all, you know, back in that era when our mom was born, actually. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's where the word comes from. That's what it is. Uh, yeah. Do you need an example, John, of a sentence? A sentence. Well, why don't you lay one on us? Let us know. Okay. Here we go. The customer service bot was able to quickly answer my question and provide me with the information I needed. Oh, that's right. This happens. You know, it's, it's, a, it's better than it used to be where you get on and they, you would ask a question and you, you would get a, a, a canned response. The good news yeah. is by using this service, we have something that's a little more customized to the individual question and takes consideration. It and is. Again, it's all good. Yeah. And oh. what was the source of that, by the way? Good question. Everything I just told you was supplied to me by a bot. In other words, you're up to your tricks again, not using your own information, relying upon not the classic comic book, but rather instead the chat GPT-3 bot, the chat bot. That's correct, sir. Oh, okay, okay. I knew. I, I just could tell by all this stuff that you gave me. I said, God, wouldn't this guy go to the writing class or something? This is really good. It's so much better than what I'm used to. Um, <laughs> I'm supposed to be offended by that, but I'm not. <laughs> you're taking, in fact, you feel good about the fact you're able to I'm gonna take, take it as a compliment. <laughs> I'm going to take it as a compliment. So there. Oh, bet. But you know what? This kind of segues very, very well into our two takes topic because this has become big, big news within the last month or two. And you mm-hmm. actually fell into it with something that you're doing. Why don't you give us the two takes? Tell us all what right. That's all about. Uh, most regular listeners know that we have people who help us with our lives and our show. And uh, yeah, that person for me, uh, by and large, is Sarah Reichelt. And she dwells in the land of Oz down there in Australia uh, with her lovely family. And uh, we're buddies. We've been buddies for, you know, over 20 years. And, uh, yeah, so Sarah said, hey, Jerry, you've been hearing about all this AI stuff, right? I said, yeah. She said, let's take a course 
on Udemy, which is this online training place. They have a great course, costs 12 bucks. Uh, sign up for it and get chat GBT3, and it'll teach us how to code using a bot. Wow. So that's, we started the course two weeks ago, and we've been. So you're at the thinking. ground level. You're right there in the thick oh, of yeah. it with, with, oh, the, yeah. you, so, but, mm-hmm. and that's real good. Now, I, I, at the same time, was learning about it because I'm a baseball nut, and the baseball listserv that I get, uh, you know, items, articles uh, from, not articles, but actually emails are collected, has these things about using uh, the chat GBT in order to create dream teams. And I kept, yep. I looked at him, I said, well, I don't need to read that. I don't need to read that. I don't need to read that. And then all of a sudden I found out what we're going to do. And I said, wait a minute, uh, that was there. I could have read it. And that's how I you found could've. out about that. They were, it was just a, a uh, they used as a basis having the, uh, the bot put together a dream team for the Yankees and mm-hmm. then having a, and then having a conversation as to how good the bot did this and that, whatever. So, hey. yeah. Yeah. So we both got introduced to it and, you know, <clears throat> just like I did with the definition, I asked uh, chat GBT to write uh, an eight minute talk about chat GBT about itself. And by the way, if you want information about chat GBT, the best way to do it is to register with open AI Get, uh, you know, go on the web page for chat GBT and we have the link and everything in there and you can get started immediately. It is very simple to do. Wouldn't you say, John? I would. Yes, because I've used it not only I used it in order to do some of the meerkat. Uh, so yeah. I came up with my best leads were by asking questions there and coordinating a little bit with my traditional use of, of, of searches. And was able to come up with uh, with the information in order for us to do the the meerkat story this week. So it's it worked out. I would also like to point out that this what I learned from the Dream Team thing that this uh, software is not only does it come up with information, but I think it is real smart because what it did, and I couldn't believe this, it came up with a Yankee outfield of. Babe Ruth in right field, Joe DiMaggio in center, and Mickey Mantle in left. But there's only one problem. Mickey Mantle played maybe less than 1% of his career in left field. That's right. But it was smart enough to realize that they had two good center fielders and the insufferable um, you know, attitude and ego of Joe DiMaggio would not allow Mickey Mantle to play center. So the bot realized that it needed to have Mantle in the lineup He's capable of fielding uh, left field, and it, it worked it all out. I couldn't believe it. I was very impressed. Yeah, I was too. When you, when you, well, I was when you took, gave me that example because I was immediately objecting in my head. I always think of Mickey Mantle playing right field, right? Is well, Mickey played? Mantle played. He started in right field when Joe DiMaggio and then was center fielder, and then he moved to center once Joe retired. Right. right. So you're absolutely right. That's the progression. That's the way you would normally think it would so, work. But hey. We got one small well, spot there. Well, let's see how smart he is or she is. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll read you some of the stuff that uh, uh, this bot wrote about itself. And this is kind of cute. I said, here's my request. Uh, could do a bit, 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 bit. Let me get it up at the top here because this is a long document. I need to give an eight-minute talk on chat GBT3. Could you please create an outline for me? Then I created an outline. And then I said, could you make that more detailed? It could be a more detailed outline. Then I said, could you supply the pros 
that uses that outline. And then here's his response. Sure. Here's a pro. Here's pros that uses the outline for an eight minute talk on chat GBT three. And listen to this, John. Here we go. Good afternoon, everyone. Because it was afternoon when I asked for this, by the way. Good afternoon, everyone. Today, I would like to talk about chat GBT three an innovative technology that is changing the landscape of chatbots and AI. ChatGBT3 is a cutting edge AI model that can perform a variety of tasks through natural language processing. So that's the introductory uh, paragraph, John. And it goes on and explains this whole thing. So I got, I got, the, I got the talk, you know, and I thought, eh, this is a little too technical. So I said, could you make it easier for lay people to understand, please? And then it responded, sure, here's an easier to understand version of the talk on chat GBT3. Now, I thought it would say in parentheses for your brother, John, but <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It couldn't read it, my mind. It couldn't read my mind. Well, oh, well. It, it, as a result of all this, I took a look at what he had, what you've yeah. had, Jerry, and I, I said, that's too much for me. And then I saw those words easy to use. And I thought, oh, the dummy version for me, I cut and pasted that. And that's what I'm that's actually what I've got down for my notes. I didn't need all the other stuff. But I think the part I like when it, it kind of dummied it down, I said it's like a robot that it can is. understand what we say and answer our questions. I said, ooh, and that's what I like about it, because you see, I like it because it, I can relate to its personality. It spits out a lot of information and it sounds down, downright pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> But you know well, what? Within within the within the bounds of reasonableness, of course. I have to say, you know, it'll sound like <laughs> almost anything you want it to, to be. You know, right? It's like, what's your name? What do you want it to be? It's kind of like that. You know, it's very malleable. Very ma- where did I hear that? It's very malleable. Oh, yeah. It'll it'll adapt. It adapts, and, and you know, there's a. This is a big thing, you know. This this why is it a big thing? It's a big thing because this is going to replace a lot of jobs, jobs that everybody kind of had their nose up in the air about. They thought they could never lose, and this just goes to show you that you know it pays to care about the least among us, because whatever's happening, people who are defenseless, like these animals that the Animal Legal Defense Fund defends, you know, your turn will come. You know, your time in the barrel will arrive. Because it's just a matter of time till things move in that direction. And that direction has come. So what ChatGBT3 means is that the professional class is now under fire. How much longer are we going to need a lawyer when we got a bot that can do most of the work? Right. Well, my feeling is it's going to make some of these professions you be able to do a better job because you're going to be relieved of much of the mundane clerical stuff that you need to do, such as doctors will not have to spout, spout out individual letters to a variety of, of, you know, communications they need to make to agencies, et cetera, patients, uh, their superiors. I, I look at it that way. I think it's going to be able to help. And, you know, and you gave a lot of examples, I think, of, of some of this yeah. that, that yeah. is going to take place. I think it's going to be very good. It's, it is going to be so. very helpful, but I mean, there's going to be waves. You know, at first, what it'll do, it'll make everybody's job easier to do. And then pretty soon you realize uh, your employer no longer needs you <laughs> because he needs fewer of you. Maybe right. it doesn't totally oh, fewer. I think that's, a, that's yeah. true. That you, you, yeah. At the very least, fewer. 
Robert but, Reich, you know, the uh, secretary yeah. of uh, uh, labor for, for Clinton back in the day, he is still around and he is still writing great articles. He's on Substack where we are. Uh, and he said something very, very interesting. He said, yeah, it's going to replace jobs. And then when it hits the professional class, finally, he said, that'll be what it takes to establish universal basic income, because we're going to need something for people who are out of work so they can either get retrained or do something else. And uh, his point was, how are you going to fund that? By taxing AI. So the tax money brought in by AI is used to give people a basic income so they have housing and food and, you know, a few few little things for entertainment and what have you. Because without uh, people with money, no one's going to spend money. Without spending money, the economy fails. Right? Ooh, you have to have yeah. consumers. You have to have consumers. So, well, yeah, that's how that thing's going to work, John, in my opinion. Well, that's uh, I, I kind of stuck, you know, to the to the, you know, what the, the cheap hat. And I was thinking a little bit about, you know, we need to talk a little bit about its limitations. We talked about its strong points. But we yeah. need to remember that at this, at least at this stage in its development, that chat GBT is human. It makes mistakes. And not only does it make mistakes, but it argues in defense of its mistakes, which I think makes it even extra human. That's what I like about it. I can relate to it. Well, you know what? Our groaners are typically provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr., but he just had knee replacement surgery. So we're getting him a week off. And of course, what do I do? I rely upon a resource that we have did it this week. And that is I talk to chat, chat GP, uh, GPT, and I come up with two very good groaners. It came so up the with first two very groaner good I have. Two very good ones. And the good ones I came up with were ones relating to zoos, and the other one is relating to uh, computers. So here's the one on zoos. Why did the elephant quit his job at the zoo? Why did the elephant quit his job at the zoo? He's tired of working for peanuts. Spot on. Do, do you use that G-pad? <laughs> I do. <laughs> okay. Here's a, here's a computer one. Why was the computer so cold? Why was the computer freezing to death? Why was he so cold? Mm, I should know this, shouldn't I? Well, that it's it's really silly. So it's okay. It probably won't. Okay, let's have it. It left open a window. Snore out. Yeah, that's a groaner. That's a groaner. Oh, oh, that's a good groaner. You did a good job. Uh, not me. I don't take any credit for it. It was all bot driven. This entire show. Yeah, bot driven. Is, is this really us? 